Welcome to The Leaders Who Care, a podcast powered by Dynamis Group. We are here to give the stage and support to those committed to create a positive and lasting impact way beyond the profits and margins. The leaders of the world who care for others and serve a bigger purpose. Join us on the journey of creating a better, more caring world. And now to your host, Marian Tamalkov. Happy Wednesday, everyone, and uh, great to have a wonderful guest today. And um, I would like to welcome the co-author of international best-selling book of Asian women, uh, um, Hubosa, <laughs> a keynote speaker and, and author of Building Self-Confidence, really as someone who's been able to help a lot of uh, people and touch them uh, really in a many meaningful and caring well uh, way. Also, um, she's currently inspires women through her award-winning podcast called uh, The Tao of Self-Confidence. So thank you for doing that. Uh, and uh, it's it's a pleasure to welcome Sheena Yapchan. Sheena, thank you so much for being with us today. Hey, Marian. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here. So thank you for having me as a guest. Well, we, we love your mission and uh, really what you do and how you inspire people. Um, tell us more about how it all started, Sheena. Yeah, for sure. Thanks again for having me. And really, it all started, you know, growing up in Toronto, Canada, even though it's a very diverse city, I never saw anybody who looked like me on TV as a child. You know, there was nobody that looked like me. All I saw was blonde hair and blue eyes. And so a part of me was always ashamed of who I was culturally because there was no representation. And I think that was the first time where I felt low self-confidence. Actually, that's not true. The first time probably was when I failed kindergarten uh, for coloring outside the lines, right? Um, but, but not feeling, but being ashamed of my culture was one of them. And that was really big growing up because for the longest time, I just thought I wasn't good enough because I was Asian. And then it really took me until my 20s to realize, uh, you know, my to embrace my culture, right? And it really went from calling my hair back from blonde to my original hair color. And in 2015, I was looking for support systems that really catered to Asian women because I was dealing with my own confidence issues, but I couldn't find any. So a part of me thought maybe something was wrong with me because I'm the only one dealing with this. And nobody else will. It felt like everyone else was fine except for me. And then at the same time, representation was so important for me. You know, when you look at numbers in leadership roles, Asian women are, you know, at the bottom till this day. And so I decided to start my podcast called The Tao of Self-Confidence, where I interview Asian women about their journey to self-confidence. Uh, since then, I've been able to interview over 700 Asian women from around the world from different backgrounds, different cultures, different career paths, um, been able to co-create the book, Asian Women Who Boss Up. And then this May, I'm going to have my own book under the same title as the as a podcast uh, that's coming out this May, you know, talking about leadership, talking about, uh, you know, traumas, talking really about the things that our culture never tells us to talk about and why that is so important. Because, you know, there's a lot of things we go through. There's a lot of trauma we go through. And if we don't talk about that, then we're not going to show up as our best selves. And especially as a leader, we need to unlock these traumas. We need to find out, you know, why do we go through certain things or even the traumas that we carry from our grandparents, great grandparents, and so on, right? Or even the historical trauma we've been through. Um, these are so important because we're not going to show up as our best selves, right? I can give you a manual on how to be a leader, but 
if your mindset's not there, how are you going to, you know, be the best leader that you can be? So it's really about, you know, unlocking the things that we go through, how we can heal through it so we can awaken the leader within. So that's a little bit about me. No, that's fantastic. Thank you so much. Have you always had that inner confidence or did you have to go through on a journey? You know, I No, definitely didn't have the confidence. I definitely had to go through a lot of experiences to get through to where I am today. And even till today, I still deal with confidence issues like any other person. I mean, confidence is something that we have to work on every single day, right? Because we're going to go through different roadblocks, different challenges. You know, the world is so... Um, it's not predictable, right? I mean, the pandemic was a big wake up call knowing that anything can happen in any given moment, you know, in 2020, when the whole world locked down, it's like, how do we move past that? What's going to happen? Is it the end of the world? And so that's why it takes confidence to keep moving, moving forward, no matter what the situation is, right? A lot of people thrive from the pandemic. And there's still a lot of people who didn't thrive from the pandemic, right? So every situation is different. But it's important to have, you know, confidence, right? Have us the right mindset, be able to work on it every single day so that when something like this happens again, you know, we're ready, we're prepared, you know, we can move past it. Do you think Asian women uh, have a harder time unlocking the confidence to live their authentic selves? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, we've been told to never make any noise, do as you're told. And from the moment we're born, we just have one way of living life. And because of that, you know, it stops us from doing things on our own to forge your own path, right? When you've been told to just go to school, get a job, get married, never rock the boat, you think that's all life is about. You know, when you go to um, countries like China and Japan, you know, if you're if you're 25 and over and still single, you know, in, in China, you're called a leftover. In, in Japan, you're called Christmas cake because nobody wants Christmas cake after Christmas. It's considered a leftover. So, you know, these things really... Ironic. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's these little things. And then even in India, right, there's a lot of arranged marriages. Um, you know, there's if you're a widow, you're basically an outcast to society. So, you know, there's so many things we still deal with that really stops us from moving forward. And, you know, when we're told to just please everyone else except for ourselves, that really takes a toll on us, right? Nobody ever talks about taking care of yourself, being kind to yourself, um, learning that you are worthy to go out there and forge your own path. And that's why so many Asian women are dealing with so many issues because one thing, we're not allowed to talk about it. Another thing is, you know, we've been seen as quiet and submissive. And so we've become targets for Asian hate crimes. You know, we're seen as sex objects. Um, you know, there's less Asian women in leadership roles. That's slowly changing, but we definitely need more representation. Like there was a report um, from Catalyst.org that in 2021, when you see the representation of Asian women in leadership and corporate roles, um, the the percentage is like 2.7%, which is very low considering there's over 24 million Asian Americans, right, in the U.S. Um, so this is why I'm so passionate about elevating women, especially Asian women, because, you know, I have to learn to elevate my own community before I can move forward, right? When we can empower our own community, it's going to, you know, overflow and it's going to, you know, inspire others to go out there and do their own things. Because even though we're different, we go through similar things. You know, we go through confidence issues. We go through not feeling enough. We go through, you know, taboos in our culture, right? Like mental health is a huge taboo, not just in Asian culture, but in every other culture, right? And we can all, um, 
you know, we can all relate to that, right? We can all relate, you know, our mental health deteriorating or not feeling good enough or seeking professional help to talk about it, especially during the pandemic, right? But then for the Asian community, it's worse when you're dealing with the pandemic, you're dealing with cultural things, you know, and you're dealing with um, anti-Asian racism, right? That not just doesn't happen only in the US, but it happens everywhere, right? Even in Europe, even in Australia, maybe it's not talked as much talked about as much because you know when sometimes when you live in North America you're kind of like in your own bubble but we have to also realize that it also happens outside of the US outside of North America well thank you for doing this great work and because really and giving us the I personally was not so familiar about the the challenges Asian women are going through in fact and and is that because of the culture the way they're brought up what are the root causes of that do you think that that can be helped or, or worked on. Yeah, I mean, part of the reasons is, most of the reason is is our culture, right? When, you know, you're taught to live one way of life and it's passed on from generation to generation, that's the only thing you know. And you think that is success, right? We always think there's one way to live success. There's one way to live your life. And so when it's passed down, that's all you ever know, then that's all you ever think that's going to happen, right? And if you don't fit into that mold, then you're considered an outcast or it's shameful. So when you try to do something outside of that, it's really hard when you have friends and family telling you, you shouldn't do that. It's so shameful. How dare you do that? You know, how could you tarnish the family name? You know, that's not proper. And I know this is, this not only happens for Asian women, but, you know, as an Asian woman, this happens a lot more often than we realize. And then growing up, you know, men were always preferred over women, right? That's why, you know, when you go back, you know, to China, you know, there's, you know, there's uh, men with multiple marriages and concubines because their sole purpose is to always carry the family name. And so, you know, if you have multiple wives, you have more chances of bearing a son and carrying the family name, right? If um, a family had to choose between, back in the day, between a man and a woman to go to school, of course, they would have the the men over the women to to go go to school. So like my grandmother, she only went to um, she only finished sixth grade, right? That was the highest she did. And then she had to stop school because, you know, she had 11 other siblings to take care of, right? You know, we're, we're known as a caregiver, we're known as um, taking care of the household, making sure everything is okay. And so what's the point in putting them to school if you're just going to take care of the household, right? You're just there to make babies, take care of the household, and then that's pretty much it. So a lot of it is from cultural, right? The, the, the culture, like being taught to do one way of doing things. It doesn't help us because then we think there's only one way of success when really there's different ways, right? And slowly we're learning that, you know, we can go out there and speak our truth, speak our voice, right? And also the silence that, you know, we're, we're always told never to talk about our traumas, never to talk about the things, the bad things that happen to us. So, you know, a lot of there's this misconception that racism against Asians only happened during the pandemic when it's far from the truth. Right. It's been happening for happening for centuries. And it's unfortunate that, you know, not only our culture doesn't talk about it, but it was never talked about in history books. Right. So how are we supposed to know that? How are other people supposed to know that if it was never taught in schools? So, you know. This is why sometimes our silence is killing us because, you know, when we're told not to talk about it, we become an easy target again, right? Most people think if they ignore it, then, you know, it'll go away. But that's not how life works, right? <laughs> no, I thank you for bringing that uh, really uh, challenging that, that issue to the surface. I think it, it, it helps when it's debated, when it's debated, when it's talked about, when it's really thinking of actually solutions, but also more awareness. People are not aware. I think uh, 
in the Western, often world and communities of what are the challenges, what a, what a Asian woman may have to go through, um, because they're not aware of the culture very often of the of what what it comes. But at the same time, really, it's like how could you respect the culture that you were brought up, really, while really thrive, not survive, if that makes sense. How, yeah. How could you get the, the, the best? Because, of course, there's reason. Yeah. You can't run away from who you are in terms of your roots, but at the same time, maybe improve, bring be the bridge between the the evolution or the growth of the culture, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not always easy to, um, you know, live certain traditions, right? For me, there are traditions that make sense and I follow it, right? But there's other traditions that don't make sense at all. And when you ask about it, you know, it's just the, the answer is because it's tradition. And sometimes we need to question and dig deeper as to why was this created? Was it created to really embrace our culture or was it really to, you know, make men feel better than women, right? Or oppress women. And so, yeah, sometimes it's, it's hard, of course, right? But sometimes you also have to stay true to yourself. You know, you have to figure out, you know, does it work for you? Does it work for a community? Or does it only, you know, affect, does it only help one person or one group, right? I think, uh, you know, we have to fall, I think when it comes to traditions, we have to do things that make sense for us as well, right? I mean, back then, you know, when you hear things like, you know, um, uh, women binding their feet together, no one's going to do that now, right? <laughs> I mean, that's crazy, right? Or, or, you know, because that back then, that was a sign of like prestige at the time, right? Or even, you know, in Asian culture, you know, um, having pale white skin is really important, right? Because it's a sign of prestige and to look more European and really that doesn't help us because there's a lot, you know, in Asian culture, we're not just, we all don't come from China, right? There's different, you know, diverse backgrounds within Asia. And yes, you know, everyone's skin tone is different, but when you go to all these Asian countries, you see big, big billboards of, you know, movie stars and celebrities promoting white, white, um, whitening skin products. You know, it really brings our confidence down because they think, Oh, I need to have fair skin to be beautiful right? Versus, you know, being beautiful in your own skin. Um, people don't realize whitening products is a multi-billion dollar industry. You know, it's not just Asian women who buy it, but people of color buy it, right? Because of this notion that in order to be beautiful, you need to have fair white skin. So um, what was the question? Again? Sorry, I kind of like went on. No, a tangent. I, I, I just uh, really uh, thinking here from, from their perspective, what can be done moving forward, really, to to help and improve? I guess you're doing a lot of that to yourself, but it takes time and generations often for this to be uh, necessarily kind of implemented and, and scaled. It's not that easy to to change and and make a difference. You can only inspire others because we we can only change ourselves. We can't change others. Uh, yeah. But we, hopefully, we could. I, th I think it make a lot of sense of what. You're saying of questioning a lot of those traditions, as you say, and uh, you mentioned these traditions you like. Um, maybe we'll zoom in a little bit of that question. What are the traditions that you like? That, that... I mean, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, it, when pe people know me as the person who always wears the color red, 
right? So if you go through my, you know, social media feed or when people meet me, like they always see me in red and they know me for that color. And so for me, red symbolizes, you know, courage and confidence for myself, right? When I'm not feeling my greatest, you know, I put something on that's red and I feel more confident. And then in Chinese culture, it's also a sign of, you know, happiness, right? We wear it for birthday parties to celebrate some, to celebrate a birthday, um, you know, Lunar New Year just passed, right? And we get, you know, lucky red envelopes called angbao with money in it, right? So it's also a sign of good fortune. So so that's one thing that I do follow because it's like a sign of um, a sign of 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 happiness, a sign of um, wealth and abundance and good luck. Um, also, you know, new, you know, Chinese numero numerology is very important. So, you know, we don't uh, if you go to a Chinese person's house, um, you don't see anything that ends in a number four or even has a number four because when you say the number four in Chinese, it means death, right? So we avoid that. Um, you know, we love the number eight because, you know, eight um, symbolizes wealth and abundance. So, um, there, you know, there's, there's just certain things. That those are some of the certain things that I do follow, right? Um, you know, and then the other, there's other ones I just sometimes question, right? But um, yeah, it's really, you know, learning to figure out what, what traditions work for you, right? What makes sense for you? You know, is it helping you or is it hurting you, right? And I think sometimes we need to question that. And I'm sure there's certain traditions in your culture that you probably want to question too, right? We, we don't know, right? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, you, you, you're the, obviously the co-author of the Asian women who boss up that uh, um, and tell us more about the, the yeah. I, yeah, for sure. So it's part of a book series called Women Who Boss Up that was created in during the pandemic at the start of the pandemic. So since then, we've had uh, we've launched 10 books from different themes, not just books. Asian 10 oh. books. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we have, you know, real estate, Asian women of color, Latina uh, health and wellness. You know, we've we've um, you know, we've created more than just a book series. It's really a movement. Right. Um, but at the time it was, you know, the summer of 2020, I met the lady who started the book series. And when she started hearing about what I do, she was like, well, maybe we should highlight a book. You know, we should create a book highlighting Asian women. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Because, you know, in, in North America, in the publishing industry, Asian Americans only represent like 4%. Right. And then when you say Asian Americans, you know, that does, you know, the, the percentage of Asian women is way less than that because we know the ratio is not one to one. It's like five to one or three to one. So for me, it was really important to highlight these women on the front cover of the book because for me, representation was so important. So, you know, we were able to find, you know, 16 women who decided to say yes to this, who said, who wanted to share their story. And then we just made it happen. Right. Um, you know, it launched in February of 2021. And, you know, unfortunately, it was also the height of the Stop Asian Hate movement. And so I think it was just divine timing that this book was needed because people don't realize when it comes to Asian hate crimes, you know, women are targeted more, two, two and a half times more than men, right? And it's because of the negative stereotypes we go through, right? Being quiet and submissive, we're not going to say anything. Um, you know, because of that, there's been a high, you know, an increase of violence against Asian women, right? In the United States. Um, 
you know, and then we're feeling the paranoia and the mental health issues that go with it. You know, we can't just walk outside in the street alone. You know, we always have to look at our every corner because we're so afraid we're going to get attacked. And so this is why, you know, it's important to have this book to showcase like, you know, we're not going to stay quiet anymore. We're going to speak up. We're going to share our truth, even if it's scary. Of course, speaking up is never easy. It's scary because you don't know what's going to happen. Not everyone's going to like what you're doing, right? You know, I get, you know, all kinds of crazy messages, right? People telling me, you know, like, why are you destroying the culture? I'm like, I'm not destroying the culture, you know, I'm trying to make it better. Or, you know, you're so racist because you're only empowering your own community. It's like, well, how am I, you know, racist because of that? You know, I have to empower people that look like me because it's important. And when we can empower our, our own community, it's going to overflow because in the end, you know, when you can empower your own community, community, it'll overflow and people will see it and be inspired by it and and move forward. You know, I've always looked at other cultures and see their their tenacity, their inspiration, and it helps me as well. Right. You know, I listen to audios from people from different cultures, you know, and and realize like, you know, especially in entrepreneurship, it's not always easy, right? It, you're going to go through different challenges. You know, it takes a lot of uh, persistence to keep moving forward because, you know, you can't just give up on the first failure, right? Some people had to take a hundred failures, a thousand failures and 10,000 failures to keep moving forward. So, you know, it's, it's, yeah, so <laughs> that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, I'm very interested in what you yeah, just sharing those and thank you for doing that. You know, really, the, uh, didn't know that it was a series of books. And well done on creating that. First of all, what a what a great service. And uh, you also have a new book coming, uh, which yes. is uh, um, when it, when is it coming out? Is it, it says about uh, Asian women leadership and uh, it's the tower of self confidence. Yes. So, your podcast you yeah so it's it's um so it's it is under the same title as my podcast and it, it's really about you know a book on leadership coming from an asian woman's experience right i mean it's important to have that because we have the lowest level of leadership all across the board right doesn't matter what industry it is and the numbers keep dropping so for me it's like why is it that we're always one of the lowest numbers right so i really had to dig deep figure out why, talk about the things that, you know, our Asian parents never tell us to talk about, talk about the history, talk about, you know, the things Asian women face. Um, but it's something that every person can relate to, right? Whether you're a man or a woman, where, whether you're from a different culture. Because for me, I think it's important to have our specific stories, right? Time and time again, I've been rejected, you know, from speaking uh, because I was always told my story was too specific. But what does that even mean, you know, that my story is too specific? Is it because it's coming from me as someone who's Asian, right? I mean, you know, no, like, you know, when, when it comes to Western culture, nobody says their story is too specific, right? So why, why is it that my story is too specific and I can't share it out, but everyone else is, you know, is okay. It's just a story, right? Um, and sometimes it's our specific stories that really create change, right? Because we learn from other people's specific stories, right? We can change the perspective of other people to, to create a better tomorrow. So uh, this, this is really important, right? Because every other leadership book that I've seen is always a how-to manual, right? A how-to man manual is great, but if your mindset isn't in the right place, then how are you supposed to be a leader, a really good leader, right? And being a leader is not you know, telling people what to do. It's really just, you know, going out there and figuring things out, right? It's not perfect. It's messy. You know, you're like the first person out there trying things out. And especially come up, coming from a culture where you're constantly judged. Yeah, it's nerve wracking, right? Because it's like, 
you know, you go to family parties in the beginning and they're like, what are you doing? Why don't you go get a job? Why are you like just doing stupid things? Right. But when you have a big purpose, you're going to keep moving forward. Right. And sometimes having that purpose is important because there's days where you feel like you want to give up. Right. I mean, there's days where I want to throw this laptop against the wall. Right. Because it's like sometimes tech is not my friend. Right. Or, uh, you know, you get one bad comment and you're like, oh, I'm a failure because one person thinks I'm, I'm an idiot. Right. Not realizing there's, you know, tens of other tens and thousands of other people who are inspired by your work. Right. But as as human beings in general, you know, we focus on the bad one bad thing and not realize we've done so much good in the world. So, you know, it's 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 not, you know, it's it's the road less traveled for a reason. Right. Because not everyone's going to do it. What is the meaning of Tao? It's a, it's, it just means the way, the self-confidence, right? And that way can be, you know, everyone's way is different, right? Because growing up too, I always thought being confident meant you always had to be loud and boisterous and be out there. But really being confident is just really being able to show up as your authentic self, right? You can still be an introvert and still have confidence, right? Um, you can be shy and still have confidence, right? It's really about showing up as yourself, as your real self, because a lot of us put a mask on, especially on social media, right? We put these masks on thinking, well, this is me, you know, this is me on social media. And then nobody knows behind closed doors what's happening, right? Sometimes you see pictures of, you know, perfect families or, you know, the perfect, the person with the perfect body, not realizing maybe that photo is edited or you don't know behind closed doors, there's domestic abuse happening or financial abuse. And I'm not saying all families are like that, but there's a lot of families that are like that. I know because women have shared their stories, right? You look at social media, like you never would think that that would happen, but you know, it's more prevalent than you realize. And, um, that's why, uh, you know, being able to find different ways to build confidence, it can help us also figure out what works for us, right? Uh, we don't have to figure out, you know, one way of doing it. We can have a hundred and one ways to do it. And then we pick and choose what works for us. You know, it's inspiring how much do you, how much work you do around empowering Asian women, but, uh, how do you take care of yourself? Yeah, I mean, self-care is really important, right? I mean, it's really important to set aside time for yourself, you know, whether it's walking outside or, you know, watching TV or getting a mani-pedi, you know, you, you got to figure out what works for you, right? Because it's important to love yourself, to take care of yourself, especially, you know, during the pandemic, I know everyone's mental health was um, you know, it was deteriorating, right? We're all stuck at home. We don't know what's going to happen. All we hear in the news is like how many cases of COVID was, you know, was reported every single day. And so, you know, we were fortunate enough to even just have mental health walks, right? Even something being able to walk outside in nature can be therapeutic, but you know, you find ways that can help you, right? It can be as simple as washing the dishes, right? That could be therapeutic for someone or listening to a podcast, reading a book. Um, who I surround myself with is very important, right? Uh, I recently, one of our um, co-authors from our, from our other books, you know, she talked about having a power tribe. And I love that, right? Because, you know, we never think, you know, who's our power tribe? Who's our tribe that's going to be there for us when times are tough, right? When we're not always 100% confident, you know, we do need that squad. We do, we do need to have someone pump us up at times, right? To show, because we have a lot of blind spots, right? And when we're blinded by those spots, we're not going to figure it out. That's why we have, you know, the power tribe to showcase, you know, you are amazing. You can make this happen. 
And one thing that I really stress on is being able to ask for help because in our culture, asking for help is considered a sign of weakness or we're told it's a handout. But being able to ask for help is really what can help your confidence, you know, take it to the next level because you don't have to do everything yourself, right? Especially when it comes to entrepreneurship, maybe in business for yourself, but you don't have to be in business by yourself, right? You can have your power tribe, you can hire a coach, you can have a women's group, you can read books, watch docu documentaries, you can watch, uh, re um, listen to podcasts, you know, having that support is really important. You know, knowing that you don't have to do everything alone is, um, a, a, um, you know, it's just, it's a needed, right? And this is something that I stress all the time. You know, it's okay to ask for help. What is your morning routine? Just to understand how, how a day goes by for you. Uh, for me, it's just, um, you know, my morning routine, you know, not, I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes I'll look at social media, you know, some, I'll read a, I'll read something or I'll watch something on YouTube. That's inspiring. Um, one thing I really do is work out in the morning. Cause I know if I, if I don't work out in the morning, I'm not going to work out. <laughs> so I set it aside, you know, an hour of my time to work out. Right. But of course I need coffee first before I can work out. You know, for me, coffee is a, coffee is my morning routine. It's, you know, what I have for breakfast. Um, and then I do my workout and then I start my day. Right. Uh, I don't really like sleeping in. It's I feel like when I sleep in, it's I feel like my day's wasted, you know. Um, so I'm, I'm more of an early bird, you know, morning person versus a night person. <laughs> oh, that, that, that's really uh, very, uh, very nice to hear that you're, you're able to uh, find that thing that recharges you. And I think everyone should really find that for themselves. What are the things that give you this um, uh, strength to carry on? And, yeah. Uh, knowing that you don't want to sleep in for late, that's that's a good sign. That means you're doing something really fulfilling and, and exciting. That's uh, that you wanna you wanna contribute and serve. Um, so, you know, looking forward really to. Um, I always look at the future. What can be done? What are the? If there was no limits to uh, you, financial or or political or cultural limits, put it in any type of limits. Um, what would be your hopes? What would be your vision for young Asian uh, women? What, who, what, what would you love to see? What's your, your, your hope for them? For me, it's, it's really just having you know, the confidence to be themselves, to show up as the, themselves, to do whatever it is they want to do, right? Whether it's to be president or you know, you know, become a, you know, a street performer. If it makes them happy, that's great. Because sometimes we get bogged down by this definition of success, right? You need to have the fancy cars. You need to have the white picket fences. You need to have all these um, things, right? But really success is, you know, how you want to live your life, right? If you want to live in a hut in the middle of the, in the middle of nowhere, and that's, you know, happiness for you, that's success for you. Great. Right. If you do want the, the house and the white picket fence, that's great too, right? I think at, in the end, we shouldn't be so limited, right? We shouldn't have to live one way of life, but really, you know, what does life look for you? How's, what does success look, for, look like for you in the end? Um, and being able to have that freedom to, to figure out what works for us is, is uh, liberating, right? Because for so long, we've just always been told to live one way. We love to also celebrate others, other leaders or other people, not only leaders, but could be anyone who really cares or, or have that act of kindness and, and contributes. 
is there any any people that you want to celebrate you that really have inspired you that really you you feel that they've done how no matter how big or small uh, but really have taken care of uh, of someone i mean um you know recently there's just been so many things good and bad that's happened i mean over the weekend um you know there was two mass shootings in the us um which was really unfortunate but there was one man um who st- so there was one man who stopped you know the the gunman from having a mass shooting at the second location so you know that is huge because not only did he save a lot of people he saved a lot of trauma that could have possibly happen right and i'm sure as he was trying to stop the the gunmen from entering in and you know having that mass shooting he was probably scared as well right thinking oh my god you know he could be dead at any given moment and you know sometimes a hero is not about wearing a cape it's about facing fear right and doing it and that to me is like a huge act of kindness because really you know i don't know if i was in if, to be honest if i was in that situation i wouldn't know what to do right would i hide would i run honestly i i wouldn't know and i think if anyone who was in that situation like they probably wouldn't know what to do right cuz you know who prepares you for stuff like that you didn't think a celebration would turn into turmoil right and it's it's so unfortunate that it happened on the lunar new year you know we don't want to start the new year with something bad right but unfortunately it, ha- it happened but you know it was it was great that that one person decided to stop the gunman right from having more trauma having more hurt having more grief having more loss right um i think that's probably the greatest act of kindness i could have ever seen recently thank you shina once again we would love to um see more of this happening spread this goodness a really an act of kindness and uh, thank you for this great work that you're doing the contribution for giving us the insights and the revealing uh, really such a uh, important uh, topic and and how how valuable this is for the audience um if people want to reach out to you for whatever reason or, or really whether it's advice or um what is the best way to connect with you uh, how do you encourage them because you do a lot of public speaking you do different things what should people reach out to you and uh, um yeah what's the best way to do so yeah for sure uh i mean they can go to my website shinayapchan.com you know they can um order a copy of asian women who boss up through my website um i also have free resources that they can um also get to start their confidence um my upcoming book the tale of self confidence you can pre-order that on amazon and on major retailers so it's really cool to see um you know a book being um being distributed all around the world right being able to see people pre-order from sweden and you know asia i mean this is what i wanted right to have asian women realize their potential all across the globe so they can pick that out on Amazon or any major book retail stores um and uh they can also go to my social media you know do you just look up Sheena Yapchan basically i'm the only Sheena Yapchan on the internet so it's really um not that hard to find me and then you can always see all the stuff that i'm doing i'm going to be um you know speaking at different um parts of the US uh in Europe as well so really excited for that so feel free to just you know connect with me on LinkedIn Twitter uh Facebook Instagram to check out some of the things that i'm up to great so well- Blessings to you and your work and thank you so much for taking the time today. Thanks for having me.